Hokie Nation, Mike and I back for another episode of the Hokie Hoops pod. Um, unfortunately, things haven't been going super well since the last time the two of us have recorded together. It's been a, been quite some time now. I recorded one by myself. Um, but since the two of us recorded one together, it hasn't gone to Hokie's way on the hardwood. But first, I will go ahead and do our ad read, our fantastic sponsor for um, the Hokie Hoops podcast, Wedgwood Marketing down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wedgwood is a proud Hokie-owned digital marketing agency. Their results-driven starting lineup of marketing services, including SEO, Google, and Facebook ads, are the key play for growing your business in this digital world. So to get your free marketing audit today, go to wedgwoodmarketing.com. Mike, four straight losses. Let's talk about it. I mean, it's not good. It's not good. Um, I, I want to start here, right? Like Hunter Couture not being in the lineup is, in my opinion, the major issue here, but it's not the only issue, right? Yeah. Um, also, should have said this off the top. I'm playing a little bit under the weather. Ed, I think, I mean, I know you were just on vacation, but you said that you were a little stuffy too. So if we sound a little off, that's what's going on. Um, it's just the season. It's just the season for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. I got home just in time right after the holidays. Just in time to go back to work and not be feeling particularly great. Um, Hunter Couture's importance to this team like cannot be overstated. I tweeted this last night in the wake of the NC State losses. We sit here recording Sunday. Not having Couture in the lineup is crucial on so many levels. Right? We talk about obviously his three point shooting. Right? He's the best shooter on the team. We talk about his on-ball defense, probably the best on-ball defender on the team. Yep. But it's everything else too, right? Like he is the secondary ball handler to Sean Padula. So when he's not out there and in the lineup, the Hokies really don't have a secondary ball handler, right? I mean, it's been Justin Mutz bringing the ball up the floor when it hasn't been Sean Padula. That's not really what we're looking for. You know what I mean? Um, Couture's defense too, like when, when you don't have – the lockdown on ball defender on the court, it really affects everything, right? It changes how you rotate defensively. It changes how you scheme things up defensively against opposing teams, best players. It changes a lot on that end of the floor and offensively it changes everything. You know, everybody wants to talk about the three point shooting, right? And that's, that's the key, you know, tech's been one shooter short in my opinion, especially in the wake and Clemson games, but it's everything else too, right? It's affecting how the Hokies get into their half court sets it's affecting how the Hokies take care of the basketball, right, from a ball security standpoint without him in the lineup. Um, and then obviously the, the shooting at Couture is kind of like the third the third and most important cog, right? The Hokies are one shooter short right now offensively, and that's pretty clear. So Couture, in his absence, is – I just want to dig a little deeper there, right? Because it's more than just they don't have a shooter or they don't have a defender. It's a little deeper than that the team as an off, like the offense as a team is worse off for it from the standpoint of how they set things up and defensively schematically they're worse off because of how they're unable to really, you know, defend opposing teams more effectively. Right. Um, It's a trickle down effect too. So when you don't have Couture in the lineup, it makes things harder on everybody else. Should tech be so reliant on Hunter Couture? I mean, 
you can make the argument no, right? The roster composition, you know, could and should be better. You know, you could make that argument, sure. But also, like, Hunter Couture flat out is just one of the best players on the team, right? And taking one of the best players off the floor for any ACC team is going to be impactful, right? So I just want to start there because his absence, I think, is the the biggest issue right now. It's not the only issue, and we'll talk about kind of the other issues. But I think when you kind of peel back the onion a little bit, you know, for the other issues that are going on right now, I think things are made better once Hunter Couture is back on the floor, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I've, I've talked a bunch of times about uh, trying to point out different things that Justin Mutz covers up for, for mm-hmm. this team, both on both ends of the floor. And I think we've seen, you know, particularly in the Wake, Clemson, and NC State game, um, we've seen what we really are missing without Hunter Couture in the game. And I'm not going to talk about the Boston College loss because, you know, Hokies didn't play in that well in that game and Couture played right. for a good amount of it. Right. But, I mean, I'm of the mindset that with Hunter Couture, we win Wake, Clemson, and NC State. Um, now, that's not an excuse, right? You have to find ways to win games anyway. Um, but all the all the things that I think Virginia Tech has struggled with, and I'll just go on the little list that I created. I, I wrote down a things I don't like list about the last three games in particular. The lack of a third scoring threat outside of Justin Mutz and Sean Padula, which for the better part of the first part of the season, that third guy was Couture. The turnover struggles from the two primary ball handlers, which are Mutz and Padula, and the floor spacing. And I think the lack of Hunter Couture impacts all three of those in a little bit of a different way. So first, let's start with the lack of a third scoring threat. That one's pretty self-explanatory, right? Hunter Couture is a very good shooter. He's gotten better and better going to the rim throughout his career. Big, big piece of the Hokies offense. That one's self-explanatory. The turnover struggles from the two primary ball handlers and the floor spacing go hand in hand, right? So Mutz and Padula have struggled to but without turn or struggled to not turn the ball over since Hunter Couture left. And I think that, that it directly correlates to the floor spacing issues Virginia Tech is having without Hunter Couture as well. A guy who shoots that well and is known to shoot that well makes life easier for everybody and gives everybody more space because people can't leave him, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So Floor spacing wise, it's created, it's made the room for op that Padula and Mutz have to operate so much smaller, and it it enables defenses to key in on Mutz and Padula so much more. Um, it takes away space from Darius Maddox. It takes away space from Sean Padula, Justin Mutz, guys who need the ball in their hand. And I think that directly correlates to the turnover struggles that the two main ball handlers and Mutz and Padula have had. So I think. You know, Mike Young talked about this after the NC State game and the post game. Um, he is of the mindset that he believes Hunter Couture will be playing in their next game. But he also said it's not like Hunter Couture is going to go back and score twenty, come back and score twenty points right. against Syracuse. But it's all those other things: the additional ball handler, the floor spacing that he allows for the other guys to operate with more room, and therefore not turn the ball over as much. So I think it's very impactful. I do think Virginia Tech has done a better job defensively without Hunter Couture than I thought originally when he went down yeah. um, because he guards the best player on the other team most nights, if it's players, a wing or a guard. I thought we were going to have a really hard time. And I think guys like Darius Maddox and MJ Collins have actually played pretty good defense. Uh, I think MJ Collins has been a really good defender, <coughs> really good rebounder. This cough is killer. It's dude. It's uh, not great. <coughs> Maybe we'll edit that part out. Maybe we'll leave it in. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, 
in general, I just I think they need him back in a bad way, man. Yeah, I mean they do, and you know Mike Young saying, okay, well he's not gonna come back and score twenty right away. No, he he's probably not gonna score twenty right away, right? But Syracuse is going to defend Hunter Couture like he could give him twenty, right? So that's to your point about the floor spacing, which I think I kind of talked around it there in, in my little you know soliloquy there off the top, but like. That's a huge part of this right now. The floor spacing is so crucially important to everything Virginia Tech does offensively because they are a team that's a volume three-point shooting team. And when you take a three-point shooter off the floor, they're simply easier to defend flat out. Um, Darius Maddox, so played well down the stretch in the NC State game, right? Like last three or four minutes, I thought played pretty well. He's been largely a non-factor, Ed. Um, You know, he's still scoring here and there, right? You know, he made the... He made a nice bucket before halftime against Clemson. And, you know, he, he's made big shots here and there. But, like, he hasn't been that guy consistently stepping up and being that scoring threat that I think a lot of us were hoping he would be offensively for Virginia Tech this year. You know, considering, you know, Naheem Malin transfers out of the program and it's clear that Maddox is going to have a bigger role because he started to have a bigger role last year. You know, Alin leaves and now Maddox steps into the starting lineup. You're kind of expecting him to kind of pick up where he left off. And he's been good in spurts. But he's also been a non-factor in spurts. Tech needs him to be more consistently scoring um, to kind of open the offense up, right? And wasn't as big of a deal with Couture in the lineup, right? Because you had just another shooter on the floor. But you're kind of seeing right now where, like, Maddox's inconsistency offensively is killing Tech right now because they need him to be that guy every night, and he hasn't been able to do it. Um, That doesn't mean he can't. He's supremely talented offensively. He's a walking bucket. We know that. But he hasn't been able to put it together consistently. It's been a killer with Couture out to not have that, right? Um, You made the point kind of with these four losses. Going back to BC, which will be, I think, three weeks ago on Wednesday, you know, right before Christmas. That BC game, and that was right right after the last time you and I recorded together, I believe. Um, That BC game, that loss, you know, Couture was playing for a lot of it. I thought that was Tech's worst game of the year. I, I thought they played horrible in that basketball game, kind of deserved what they got. I thought Boston College was the better team that night, which is a, an absurd thing to say, but it's just facts, like flat out. Wake and Clemson, I thought Tech was just one shooter short. You can make the same argument last night against NC State, but I texted you this, Ed. You know, we were kind of talking about this back and forth over text. I, I didn't think Virginia Tech deserved to be in that game last night for the first, like, 32 minutes, right? I thought they played better last eight or nine minutes of the game. Um, offensively, they kind of got things together, but they couldn't consistently get stops last night down the stretch. Right. And when they did get stops, they came up with, you know, they had multiple empty possessions offensively where it was like, every time they got stopped, they just couldn't get that crucial bucket. It was kind of too little, too late, right. With the spurt with Maddox. But like, if you have Hunter Couture on the floor, I think it works your two and two here. Right. Um, at best, you know, maybe you're three and one, maybe you don't score only 22 points in the first half last night against NC state. So maybe you're in a little bit better spot there, like you mentioned. But, like, at worst, I think Tech's 2-2 two and two in this stretch. And then we're not really too concerned, right? We chalk up BC to, like, a weird 6.30 tip Wednesday night. Conti forms is a weird place to play. You kind of chalk it up. It's like a weird loss happens in conference play, right? The NC State game at home, we would be kicking ourselves, you know, for Tech to lose that game at full strength. But we'd also be like, hey, it's the ACC. You got to bring your A game every night. Just It's just not it's not a consistent basketball team right now. I think that it's pretty clear what kind of team 
Tech is with Couture in the lineup. So I think it's really crucial to have him back and have him as close to 100% as possible. Everybody's clamoring for Rodney Rice, Ed, and we can get into that in a minute. But like I tweeted this last night, Rodney Rice isn't going to come in and be the savior of the basketball program when he hasn't played all year. And his first action is going to be against ACC competition. I don't care how good he was in high school. I don't care what his star rating was. I don't care how highly he was ranked as a player. It is not easy to come in and have your first like real game minutes at the collegiate level be against ACC competition. Like, I don't know what people are expecting Rodney Rice to be. I expect him to be very good eventually. I don't expect him to come in and all of a sudden be like a 15 or 20 point scorer. If that happens, that would be fantastic. But I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said about Rodney. And we'll, we'll talk about him more in a second. But in general, with Couture, the synopsis is, you know, if he comes back and plays Wednesday against Syracuse, that's a huge, huge lift. Yeah. He makes us better just because of his own individual ability, but also what he adds and enables other guys to do. Gives Maddox more room, give Mutz more room, give Padula more room to operate, um, make their lives easier. And, you know, in turn, they're all good enough basketball players where we should be winning these games. Um, you know, the Rodney point's interesting. I think, you know, one or two of these losses, if we had had him playing, we'd probably win the game just because we needed more bodies. Um, yeah. And by all accounts, they talked about this on the broadcast yesterday during the NC State game. You know, Rodney Rice was playing the role of Traquavian Smith on the scout team for the Hokies leading up to the NC State game. And somebody, I guess, in the program or on the team or in the staff told the broadcast crew he was playing that role on the scout team and and killing it and crushing the, you know, the Hokies starters. So, you know, that's, that's a great thing to hear and it's positive signs. And, you know, now that we're just talking about it, I guess I'll just go straight into it because – I don't really want to have to circle back to this too much, just as much as Mike Young doesn't. So for the Mike Young quote of the week, quote, I don't think I need to say anything more about Rodney's ankle, end quote. Second quote, talking about Rodney Rice, there's nothing old Mike Young can do. So basically the in, in summation, Rodney Rice, when asked about Rodney in the postgame after NC State, Mike Young said what I just said. I don't think there's anything more he can say about Rodney's ankle. Um, it sounds like it's some, I don't want to say issue, but um, it's up to the medical staff, right? So Rodney's practicing by all accounts, practicing well, it sounds like based on what the play-by-play guys had to say during NC State. Um, and it's, it's, in the, it's in the hands of the athletic training staff and the medical staff at this point to give the thumbs up to Mike Young to put Rodney in for full game. That's great news. He's been practicing and practicing well. If he can hit the ground running and give you a shot in the arm offensively as another scorer off the bench, a la Darius Maddox last year, right? So that's that's a positive sign. I'm excited for Rodney whenever that time comes, but I don't think we can rely on it too much like he talked about. No, and, and I, I think that he will be impactful in some way. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, he's not going to make an impact as a freshman. Like Darius Maddox didn't play a ton as a freshman. Like I don't think that's going to be the case. Like I think Rice is going to play when he's in. Um, and I think he's going to, he could help Virginia tech as far as like a secondary ball handler other than Hunter Couture. Right. So I think from a depth standpoint, a body standpoint, you're right. Like, I think they could have used him in a couple games this year. Um, the, the one thing I will say, just kind of looking at the schedule, you know, tech has Syracuse here Wednesday night, and then they have a week off before they go to Charlottesville to play UVA. If we don't see Rodney Rice by the UVA game, something's up, something's up. Um, 
From what from I what I understand, this was, I, and I hate to say stuff like that, but you're right. At this point, like it, it's either you know, there's a bunch of old you know euphemisms and sayings I could use here, but I don't know. Shit or get off the pot, right? So yeah, right. No, it, I know. if Rodney's going to play, it's got to be soon. And I, I'm you know cautiously optimistic it'll be Wednesday against Syracuse. Yeah, you're right. If it's not by UVA, we got we got problems. Um, but at the very least, you know. I think he can be a guy offensively that we need um, as a as a scoring threat uh, off the bench. Um, so let's let's move on from the negative here. So things we didn't like, things we don't like: the lack of a scoring threat, which we think Couture can fix, the turnover struggles, and the floor spacing, which kind of go hand in hand, which we also think Couture can fix. So everybody say a prayer for Hunter Couture's elbow. Sounds like, by all accounts, based on what Mike Young was saying in the post game, um, it's just a weird injury where. You know, I guess Mike Young said the hardest thing that Hunter's had a hard time doing is catching the ball. Yeah. Just because, you know, when you catch it, a little bit of a vibration in your elbow doesn't feel great. So hopefully he plays on Wednesday night and he can solve the floor spacing turnover and scoring threat issues that Virginia Tech has faced. Now, one other thing we didn't touch on <coughs> that Couture doesn't have control over is the play of Grandpa Silly and Darius mm-hmm. Maddox, both of who – we, you know, we just talked about Maddox a little bit, but both of who were by name, uh, I don't want to say called out, but mentioned by Mike Young and the presser after NC State as guys that need to play better or play more consistently. Mm-hmm. He talked about how Maddox has put together really good halves, but he's also had multiple games where he does not score for an entire half, which when you're playing 31 minutes a night, you can't have a whole half where you're a non-factor on the offensive end as a shooting guard. Grant Basile has continued to struggle to stay on the floor, both due to performance and foul trouble, which, in my opinion, those two things go hand in hand. You mm-hmm. find yourself in a bad spot rotationally on defense, you're going to foul somebody. Those two things are the same uh, for a lot of different reasons. So those guys are guys who, for the better part of non-con, were really good and were that third scoring threat on nights. Um, so well, look for those guys to continue to improve, hopefully, as we get further and further into ACC play. So from there, let's go to things we do like. One thing I, I have been really impressed with throughout this season is Malajal Poti and Lynn Kidd, but particularly Lynn Kidd. Uh, Lynn Kidd played a really good game against NC State. He had his season high, maybe even his career high. I'd have to go back and look in points. He's got way more touch around the rim than I thought he did. Um, he can even step back to like, you know, eight feet and hit a jump shot. He's much better with his back to the basket. Finds himself in the right place rotationally on the offensive end to get easy layups and dunks from the guards as they drive to the rim. I just thought Lynn Kidd continues to improve, um, and that's something we're going to need for the rest of this season and moving forward as a program is a is a big man who can play and eat up big minutes. And I, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Lynn Kidd. So look forward to watching him continue to grow. I would love for a certain point for him to have a really clear and defined role, and I guess he kind of does right now, but he also still splits some of those minutes with Poteet, depending on the matchup, I guess, defensively. Um, but I, I've loved what I've seen from Lynn Kidd. He's been really good. He's been really good. Um, the the role thing I think is important, right? Because I, I do think he's like Mike Young is definitely playing him more, right? So I think there is a is a, there's a more defined role for Lynn Kidd as he continues to put together good performances. Defensively, he's been pretty solid. He's been all over the glass rebounding, which has been huge because Basili has been a little bit of a disappointment um, in my opinion, kind of getting after it on the glass. Um, 
so so kids providing us with with quality minutes down low right um I'm interested to see kind of what Mike Young does rotationally when Hunter Couture turns to the lineup um, because it's been pretty easy right now to just throw Lane Kidd into the starting lineup with Couture out. What does he do when Couture's back in? Obviously, Hunter's going to start, but, like, what does he do rotationally in the front court? You know, obviously, you're going to play Mutz, but I'm kind of angling this at Grant Basile. Like, what are you going to do here? Because we saw early in the year that, you know, Mike Young in non-conference play depending on the matchups, he wasn't afraid to put Kidd and Mutz in the same lineup together and bring Basili off the bench. Considering the inconsistency with Basili, I almost wonder if he kind of goes back to that when Hunter returns to the lineup. Um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do there, just because I'm not sure. I'm not sure Virginia Tech right now as a program with Grant Basili is like the starting four or five, you know, whatever he ends up kind of kind of being him and him and Mutz are kind of interchangeable from a height standpoint down there. But, like, I'm not sure that Tech right now as a program can be sustainable in ACC play and be consistent in ACC play with that starting five. And it's not all about who starts, Ed, right? It's about who finishes games, too. And I think that's pretty telling. You know, when we see Lynn Kidd getting big minutes down the stretch of games, I think that that tells you something, right? Um, So I'm just interested to see kind of what that looks like when Hunter does return to the lineup. Yeah, that's a good point. We've seen that in years past with Darius Maddox not necessarily starting a game but being on the floor at the end. Hunter Couture early on in his career, same deal. So I think that's a really good point. It's not about who starts. It's about who finishes the games. One guy who did just pick up his first career start was MJ Collins. And MJ Collins is somebody that I'm super high on. Um, yeah. I have been all year. I've, I've been singing his praises for a little while now. But he um, he's really, really talented. And, you know, fans like to harp in on, I think, and it's easy to, right? It's, it's It jumps off the screen almost. His poor shooting. Um, if you go back and watch MJ's high school tape, he was never really a sharpshooter. That's not his game. He's good at going downhill, getting to the rim, finishing around the rim with dunks or floaters or layups, et cetera. So I think that part of his game he'll get better at and he'll get more comfortable. And the jump shot will come. Uh, it'll come with time. But the thing that I think he makes an immediate impact on now is the defense and rebounding and overall athleticism he brings to this team. He plays really good defense, and he rebounds the ball really well for a guard. So I look for MJ's role to continue to grow. As the year goes on, despite even when Hunter Couture comes back or if Rodney gets involved, I, I don't think MJ uh, – I don't think his minutes will drop too much. I think I think he's kind of here to stay. Uh, I've also liked a lot of what I've seen from John Camden, who's had to step in and play more minutes, actually more than – more than zero is minutes, and he was playing nothing until Hunter got hurt, and he's been playing a lot ever since. So I look uh, look to continue to see John Camden get more comfortable, particularly on offense. I think he's actually played pretty good defense, um, and he's he's gotten fouled a lot. I don't know if that's because he finds himself in awkward positions on the offensive end, but he has gotten fouled a lot, it seems like. Uh, but the jump shot will come. You know, that's what you hear about when you look at John Camden's scouting report from high school and uh, you know, all the, all the recruiting sites was, you know, the kid can shoot. And he told me that when I interviewed him preseason, you know, I'm a shooter first is what he told me. So look for John Camden to continue to get more comfortable. And as he gets comfortable in the flow of the game, the shots will fall with him. So, uh, and then the last thing that I like on my things we do like list for tonight is that this is, this thing's far from over. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had a really good non-conference, right? Virginia Tech did their job in the non-conference play, and it allowed for a little bit of wiggle room as you get into ACC play. That wiggle room's kind of gone now. Uh, when you lose four straight to start out the big part of ACC play, you really, really don't give yourselves a lot of wiggle room. 
And we've seen this show and this song and dance last year with the Hokies uh, struggling early in conference play. Now, last year, they were able to turn around and go on a pretty ridiculous run to end the regular season and into the postseason. Do I think a run of that caliber is in the cards? Sure, I guess. I'm not going to bank on it, but I don't think they need to do anything like that. I just think they need to start winning the games they should win and then steal one or two here or there, and they'll find themselves where they need to be at the end of the season. So far from over, these four losses by a combined 14 points, right? It's very thin margins when you're missing – you know, Hunter Couture and you're missing um, Rowdy Rice and everyone's not necessarily playing well and you're still barely losing games uh, on the road and to good teams, et cetera. Uh, and it's far from over, but it's time to turn it on. So hopefully Hunter's back on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm uh, just because of kind of circumstances and the way things have looked this year um, in the non-conference schedule and kind of what they've looked like at full strength. I'm very anti sky is falling with this team, right? With that being said, you're right about the wiggle room being gone because you can't just like continuously lose basketball games, right? I mean, they do need to start winning here. But I'm I'm of the opinion that, you know, they'll be they'll be fine if they get healthy. Um I think that the depth that I thought was present at the start of the year is not necessarily as reliable as I thought, right? So there are some guys who kind of I expected a little bit more out of Darius Max, Grant Basilli are the two, you know, primary individuals. Um, Rodney Rice, because I expected to see him before middle of January. So I <laughs> kind of banked on that as well. I knew he was hurt, obviously, but thought that we'd see more out of him on the floor. So, you know, Tech's got to manufacture some depth. They've done a decent job of it with John Camden. He's still a little raw offensively. Um, you know, I, I know he can shoot, but. He just kind of seems a little, I mean, you kind of made this point, kind of seems a little out of place offensively. doesn't really know, like, I don't want to say he doesn't know where he's supposed to be because I'm not sure that's fair, but, like, in the flow of the game, right, is still kind of try to find his way. And I think that's just, you know, that goes hand in hand with getting more minutes, right, and getting kind of your feet under you because he didn't play a lot for Memphis last year, you know. So, you know, he's really just getting his first minutes this year. But, you know, I, I think this is far from over. Again, I, I don't think the sky is falling. Tech, I think, with Hunter Couture, they they win, you know, Clemson and Wake probably, and maybe even NC State. But the fact of the matter is they didn't win those games. They went 0-4 in that stretch, and now they got to start winning some games here in January, flat out. And I think if they get healthy, they'll be able to do that, you know, assuming Hunter Couture is close to full health. If he's not, you know, the other guys are going to have to step up and, and they got to step up anyway and play better. Right. Other guys got to play better. Mike Young's been talking about that. So, you know, that's, that's going to be important too. If tech wants to kind of make some noise in the postseason anyway. Yep. I'm right there with you. I, I don't think this guy's falling at all. I think, you know, you get, you get Hunter Couture back in the fold. It solves some of the issues we talked about. Uh, Rodney Rice, you know, maybe raises the level of what this, what this team can be offensively a little bit, just bumps that ceiling up a little bit. Um, but we'll see, man. I, I think I think we're in a good place. Uh, it's tough to say that after four straight losses, right? Obviously, but uh, we've seen Mike Young coach teams find themselves in this place before. And Mike just texted me that he's got to go get the baby a bottle. So I will do the wrap up here on my own. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's a new one for me. So um, looking ahead, really quickly, the Virginia Tech sits at number forty-two in Ken Palm right now and forty-one in the net. Uh, you know, those things fluctuate every single day, every single weekend, you know, as teams fall and teams rise, it, it'll continue to change. But 
I think the Hokies are better than 42 or 41 in terms of, you know, the overall country if you stack the whole deck. Whereas Virginia Tech is a basketball team, I think at full strength, they're much better than that. And we've seen that at points this year as the team's been in the top 25 for a little while there. And, you know, I, I think we'll find our way back into that mid to low 30s range, um, you know, hopefully here soon if, if things are able to turn around the way we think that they can at full strength. So look for Hunter Couture back on Wednesday. The Hokies' next game is at Syracuse Wednesday the 11th. Uh, I believe today is the 8th when I'm recording this, so uh, it'll go out probably on the 9th, and Virginia Tech will then play on the on the 11th, and then after that game they have a week off until they go to UVA, a game I plan to try to attend on Wednesday the 18th. So um, hopefully Hunter Couture and Rodney Rice are able to play Wednesday the 11th, um, and then following that everybody will have a week off until we play UVA. Um, keep an eye on Couture's health status. Keep an eye on if Rice is playing. But more importantly, keep an eye on, uh, I would say, Basilian Maddox. I think if Basilian Maddox can find their groove, this team can beat Syracuse, uh, even without Hunter or Rodney. So uh, it's it's been a frustrating couple of weeks, but I, I encourage everyone to take a deep breath and get prepared for a stretch of really good basketball against some really good ACC teams. So everything's all good in Hokie land, and I will sign off with that. So that is Hokie Hoops Pod. Uh, the sky is not falling. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Take a hit, it's